You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, coming to you from St. James Coffee for our last interview segment of the morning. Um, I am bringing back Margaret Mulligan, who was on earlier, if you, were, you had tuned in. She's our, one of our 40 Day for Life coordinators in the area, who also went on a trip with me to Spain. Yes, I did. At the end of September, we walked the Camino de Santiago together, and... Um, I know this was supposed to be straight talk. Obviously, I am not a priest, and Father Kazel um, is is not feeling well. So if you submitted a question, it will be answered on the next straight talk on Real Presence Live. So sorry sorry for that um, inconvenience, but um, it will be addressed next time they run run straight talk. So, Margaret, hello again. Hello again. We're just on. Like, this has yes, been kind of a exactly. wild morning. It has. All right. So we went on a, a pilgrimage to, to Spain. Um and if, if someone's never been on a pilgrimage, you've been on quite a few. I have. Um, would you just, we could just start off by talking about um, why you would go on a pilgrimage. Well, or why have you gone on? Because that, sure. that was my second one ever in like 20 years. So um, I just went because they paid for me and I really wanted to go on the trip. Um, so what about like a pilgrimage in general though? Why would you go? So I think you have to realize that a pilgrimage is different than being a tourist, right? You're there for different reasons. Your intent is different. Um, and mine is always different. Um, you know, yes, you get to see all these sites, but... You know, I was in Rome when the Holy Doors were open at St. John Lateran. Oh, I mean, there's just beautiful. all kinds of cool things, right? And you're you're present instead of waving as you go by, I guess. You're not on a parade. You're, it's like walking the Camino, right? It's an intentional, it's always intentional, prayerful, um, reflective. Um, yes, there are those things you do, kind of touristy thing. We did a wine thing and stuff like that. But... Um, on some of the trips, but, you know, the intent of the trip is to look interiorly, yes, interiorly, anyway, and to, you know, reflect on God in your life. So I just think that, you know, I, I have been on several trips. I went to uh, Italy. Um, you done Greece. I did Greece, and Greece was very cool. So what happened in Greece was um, we walked the footsteps of St. Paul. So I had been to the Holy Land before, um, and I'm very grateful I had that opportunity. And to be honest, I never wanted to go to the Holy Land until my son, who is now a priest, but he was in seminary, he went to the Holy Land, and he got to be in the Holy Land for th uh, three weeks. Oh, and then I was like, God just put the desire in my heart to go. So I went there, and then we decided to do the footsteps of St. Paul. Um, and not only my son went, but my husband went on that. And to be in those places, it was just, I, I, it's kind of indescribable. And, and things that happened in people's spiritual lives during those times, it, it's, it is indescribable. I mean, they will, we will hold those things with us for the rest of our lives. And it's kind of like, one of the things that really struck me was like, history kind of came to life yes. for me. Yes. Just like... You would you'd just be walking, and it would be like, wow, 
people have walked this for thousands of years. Right. And I can't even imagine the Holy Land walking where Jesus actually walked. Jesus was never in Spain. So, right. um, no. But no. these were places James would, may have been walking on his yes. evangelization journey. And right. to just, just it's, it's so, I know mind-blowing sounds so weird, but I would just, just be looking around and just like the awe and the beauty, just everything. It would just be very... It was just so powerful. You'd just be overcome. I'm not a very emotional person. And I would just, like, have tears running down my face as I just walked through the, the countryside of Spain thinking about how how many people had done this before me on their own spiritual journey. And maybe James himself and his apostles right. or any of the other people that came after them spreading the faith throughout the Iberian Peninsula. Just so powerful. It is so powerful. And, you know, I mean, that's it too, right? Not only... Not only the spiritual history, but the history, right? Um, it, it, it's just kind of mind-blowing sometimes. You just think, wow, this is, you know. I think sometimes in the United States, and yes, we do have a history, but that deep, deep history um, and spiritual um, piece of that history, I think that's part of it for me, right? The, the spiritual history and um, foundation that's the word I was looking for, the spiritual foundation. Because then one of the things that one of the people we were with that was just so funny, she said, no wonder the apostles were always falling asleep because they had to walk everywhere. Yes. And how tired you would be after walking the entire day. And, you know, Jesus walked village to village. I've never walked village to village before mm-hmm. in my life and just, like, walked all day. Right. And just things that, just little things in, in the gospel readings and the Acts of the Apostles, they make so much more sense when you've actually... Yes done some of those things when they're like yeah they walked 40 miles well i've done that now and it is not the easy thing and you know i have nice shoes and we had good food to eat and places to stop and you could stop for an espresso like every mile or two if you really wanted to there are so many places um to accommodate the pilgrims and how much harder that would have been back then for them to accomplish something that i thought was on the more difficult side uh, yeah, just incredibly powerful. Like, I just, I don't look at things the same. I came back changed, which, you know, that that really the pilgrimage, it should change you in yes, a lot of ways. Yes, it should. And it takes yes. a while to um of that. And still, even just last night, I was just thinking about something, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, that's, like, that's a fruit of my pilgrimage. Like, that connection that I just made came from the trip. Have you ever had anything, like, really, I mean, and it's very personal, you know, to share, but, like, <laughs> the, the biggest thing you've ever unpacked after you've come back from a pilgrimage? Hmm. Or the biggest like thing that's just made sense, or like an epiphany that you've had, or right. Um, I think the same thing f- as you. I don't know if they've been big, but just like when we were in Ephesus, we went to Turkey and went to Ephesus, and then we went to you know Mary's house, and just, just the profound sense, like you said, of people were here. You know, these people were here they were real and and they were real and they were yeah i mean i'm just you're kind of you stand in awe and um the holy doors was a big deal for me right you get to you get to put your hand on that door as you walk through that was you know like these aren't open all the time what a great gift i'm receiving right and um so those things that um bring you deeper in faith so so beautiful. Um, and I probably should explain, if you have never heard of the Camino de Santiago, it's one of the three major pilgrimages that um, people are encouraged to go on. Going to the Holy Land is one. 
going to Rome is another, and then walking the Camino de Santiago. And what it is is um, a long time ago, St. James, obviously, was with Jesus as an apostle and um, when the apostles drew lots after Jesus died for where to they where they were going to spread the gospel, James drew Tarshish, which is Spain. So he went off on his journey and for years evangelized the Iberian Peninsula, or he attempted to. And he really only tradition tells us converted seven people. Seven to twelve are the numbers, so a very low number after all of those years. And then Mary appears to him. Um, it's called Our Lady of Pilar. And ask, and while she's still alive, she's this is Mary is basically bilocating. It's the first Marian apparition. Asks him to come back to re-energize. Tells him that we know, like, not you haven't had a lot of success, but like you're doing a good job. Come back, be with your brothers, recharge, and then you'll. The, we, there's something very special for you here. So James takes a couple of his disciples that he's converted, goes back, and ends up. Um, being martyred. The, our first apostle martyr is, is James. And um, the disciples he had with him took his body back to Spain. And um, they ended up putting it in, they're hiding it in a Roman mausoleum because the, they were very worried about what was going to happen to the body because Jesus had resurrected. It had created this whole crazy thing over there for the Romans. So they, they stole the body because they were worried about what would happen to it, took it, put it in this Roman mausoleum in what is now the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela. And was it was lost to history for years. And in the year, like, 813, a shepherd was led to the site, rediscovered the body, and uh, had gotten the bishop because he was illiterate. He didn't know what was going on. He just knew something special had happened. The bishop read all of the markings on everything and was like, oh, my gosh, this is James. Like, we'd, we'd lost him. Now we found him. They called. Oh, well, they didn't call him because you didn't call people in 8, 813. But they sent word for the king of the region who was in Oviedo, which is quite a long ways away. And that king made the first pilgrimage to St. James. So there's uh, uh, one, of the, one of the trails is called the Camino Primitivo, which means the first one, and it's the one that the king walked from Oviedo to where St. James was, confirmed that they were pretty sure it was James as far as they could possibly tell, and they built, they started building the cathedral right on top of where he was. So his remains have not moved since his, his followers put him there. And then after word got out that they had found James, and at this time the, the Muslims had taken the Iberian Peninsula. This was before the Reconquista and Spain was retaken by the Christians. And it really was one of the catalyzing factors in turning the peninsula back to Christianity, which is a beautiful thing. So people just started walking from wherever they were, and they would make a pilgrimage to where St. James's body was. And from, for Margaret and I, who have worked in St. James Coffee um, in his name with evangelization, it was an incredibly, I felt very drawn to it. I wasn't even sure what it was or what the history was. We just have a map on the wall and it shows it. And then it's just, this is the way of St. James. And I just knew that I had to go without really even knowing a whole lot about it. And um, yeah, just an incredible, I just really wanted to go. I just really wanted to go and venerate where James was and and make that journey, even though I didn't really understand it. So if you're feeling drawn to the idea of a pilgrimage, like the Holy Spirit moving you just with that, um, with that feeling of needing to go is probably something you should start discerning and listening to. Yes, I agree with that. All right, and so we are coming up on the break here. Um, after we come back, Margaret and I are going to talk about our personal experience, what it's like to actually walk the Camino if you have never been 
on a walking pilgrimage kind of what to expect. It was nowhere near as bad as I imagined. <laughs> it could possibly be. So, um, yeah, we'll be back with that on Real Presence Live after the break. Stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Acts 1-8, Jesus tells the disciples to go back to Jerusalem. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. The word translated as power is also the root for our word for dynamite. Jesus is promising an explosive power that will enable us to witness to the nations and live a powerful Christian life. That same powerful Holy Spirit is received in baptism and confirmation. As baptized and confirmed Catholics, we already have all we need to live life through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we remove the obstacles of our own understanding and lack of preparation and move with the Holy Spirit into the mission He has given us, we will change the world. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace. Power. Purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Let us run to Mary and as her little children cast ourselves into her arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our last segment of Real Presence Live this morning, coming to you from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. If you've been listening, the roar is not so loud in here anymore. Like, things kind of calm down. There's still quite a few people in here. Um, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see. Uh, St. James gives people a place to encounter Christ in, in the real world. Um, where, where it's not intimidating. People are a little intimidated to just walk into a church, not intimidated to come into a coffee shop. And um, we, we, we run under the patronage of St. James the Greater. And Margaret and I, uh, sorry, Mar- I'm Margaret Mulligan is here with me, if you're just tuning in um, after the break here. Uh, we went to Spain and we took a walking pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago to get to the body of St. James. Like they have him, no head because he was beheaded. They don't know what happened to his head in history, but the rest of his body is there. Um, yeah, and we went. We went to see the guy, the guy that we, that we evangelize in the name yeah. of every day, which was an extremely powerful experience. So we're just going to talk a little bit about what a walking pilgrimage is like. We, we talked about a little bit about the history, about why people do the pilgrimage. 
What did you think was the if you were gonna, if someone was going to go, what would you tell them? We'll start there. Um, you know, so I've done walks, right? Yes, yeah, she's so done the Appalachian Trail. I like did she's, the AT. She's been a hiker. Yes. Yep. Yep. So. When I did the Appalachian Trail, one of the things I always tell people is that whether you're on the Appalachian Trail, which was very spiritual for me, by the way, or, you know, on the Camino, um, it's your walk. It's your experience. And I think it took me a few days to get there with the Camino, you know, because there's all these people we are traveling with and we have this group. And um, Anyway, so I, I think it took me a few days to get, oh, yeah, I, I'm here. I want this to be a spiritual thing, right? Because I was caught up in all those conversations. And I think those conversations are spiritual as well. But um, finally, you know, God got my attention. And yes, what's my intent and stuff like that. So, um, you know, just prepare your heart and prepare your um, mind. You know, my parents had died a year and a half beforehand. So... Um, I was kind of uh, letting go of them in a way. I mean, you still always have your parents with you, etc. But they died together, kind of. Yeah, fairly close tw together. 28 days apart. And then, you know, just even the 40 days for life piece, right? God, are you calling to me? Because when I came home, 40 days had already started. Yes. The yeah, we, campaign, were, <laughs> we were gone when it started. She the was campaign had already racket. started. And so... You know, that continual process of asking God, what are you calling me to? And having that contemplative time walking, um, I did that on both, right? And especially on the Camino. And then having those churches to go into, right, Melissa? To oh gosh, go yes. into those churches and um, to sit before the cross and say, okay, God, I hear you, but I don't hear you clearly. So can you make it clear? You know, I'm always like, God, you got to write it on a piece of paper, leave it on my dresser. <laughs> Make it very clear. Yes. So anyway, but no, I just really, once I, you know, let go of the noise is what I call it and, you know, focus like, okay, God, what are you saying to me here? And, and I think those conversations bring you to that as well, right? Mm -hmm. Who is on the Camino and why are they walking? Everybody's different, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, last year was the most I know, I Camino, Camino walkers ever right mm -hmm. so and i would say before people always walked for religious reasons and that's changed a little bit but what's changing in me as i walk right like how how am i listening and how am i changing and what is god calling me to so one of the beautiful things about the trail is there are so many people walking it with you and like you could walk by yourself i mean we went with a group of 19 people so some people opted to like walk together we had a few married couples that walked together um so you could walk all by yourself if you want to, or you could walk with people. So I would spend an hour or two a day just by myself on purpose, just walking the trail. And the trail is typically pretty nice. It's not too rough, we could say. There are parts of it where uh, it's a little more challenging, but pretty much it's like you're almost walking on, like, in the park, kind of. And there are so many other people walking it with you. And traditionally, you would tell people Buen Camino, which means good walk. And so anyone that walks by, you, that's just how you greet each other. Right. And sometimes you say, Buen Camino, and it's just a smile, or like a God bless you. Um, people from all over the world. Yes. Like, we met people from probably ev every continent except Antarctica. I think we figured out nobody from Antarctica was there. Um, and speaking all different languages, many other countries, they walk with their flags in their, in their backpacks so you could see where they were from. But the friendliness and the openness and... and 
I didn't meet anyone that wasn't absolutely just wonderful to talk to. And you would just say, Buen Camino, and they would say it back. And it could lead to a two-hour walking discussion where who knows what you talk about, talk about life. I talked to somebody about cremation and why the church says that cremation is okay now, and it used to say it wasn't. For two hours, like, we walked together from village to village, and then it was like, oh, I'm going to stop and eat lunch now, and I'm, I'm going to keep going. So people, they came in and out of the journey constantly um, for the eight days that we were hiking. And there was a fun gentleman from Ireland that we, you would, you would leapfrog people because you would, you would have a place to stay, and you walk so long, and then you would get to where you were sleeping, and a lot of people would stay in the same places. And traditionally, you get up, you have breakfast when the sun rises, because things aren't lit, because it's just out in nature, most of it. And you would walk with the same people every day. So you got to know, you would have conversations daily with certain people. And we had a, there was a very fun friend from Ireland that, um, yes, he, <laughs> he, was, he was great to run into every day. He, he, he invited Sonia and I as we walked into a cafe um, to get something to drink and he's like oh here sit here in two and a half hours we're like we got to get back on the trail come on now <laughs> you know we weren't even walking we were sitting there talking and kind of the gamut of thing but what a beautiful thing right I mean it was just um, they had other um, done other parts of the trail and he was with his wife and you know they chat about other things he likes to walk by himself and we did interface with him many many times and what a gift right I mean yeah he was, it was beautiful, and you can really start the Camino from many different points. There's a pilgrimage certificate you get at the end, so when Margaret said more people have walked it this year, it's how they keep track of it. If you start from over 100 kilometers away, you have like a passport, and you get little stamps where you stop every day to prove that you actually walked the trail. When you get there, you turn that passport in, and they give you a certificate of pilgrimage. So this year was a record-breaking year for the Camino. They gave out more pilgrimage certificates than any other year in the history where they have really kept track well, which is very exciting um, to know that we were part of that, that right. record-breaking year. But some people start in Germany. There was a gentleman I sat next to at Mass. He had biked from the Netherlands. So the Camino really starts, in, in, in Europe it's very traditional to just walk out your front door and you just walk to the cathedral where St. James's remains are in Santiago de Compostela. So just absolutely fascinating. The people you speak to, like that was one of the big take-homes for me, is like people, when you do relational ministry, really are the most important. And really just loving people is the point. Like that is, it's what God created me to do sometimes, I think. It's exhausting sometimes, but it was just a lot of affirmation for me. That was one of the big things I brought home was that people are it. Like you are meant to love people. Just keep loving people no matter in what capacity you're doing that. That's that's what I have for you. That's beautiful, Melissa. And yes, I agree with you. That's just a, a beautiful takeaway from it. All right, and so we actually are going to head back to our studios to Aaron in Fargo, and he is going to give us the promo for tomorrow's show. Take it away, Aaron. On the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, your host will be Tim Moser coming to you live from our Fargo studio. His guests will include Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, who will be speaking at our upcoming Duluth banquet on March 5th. Then we'll hear from a variety of pro-life guests who will recap the experiences they had at the March for Life and bring us news about upcoming pro-life events. All this and more is coming to you on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Oh, thanks, Erin. Sounds like a good show tomorrow. Tim was just on. Like, that is... <laughs> 
He's hosting. Some, no wonder he was such a good radio guest. He literally actually hosts. That's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, just to kind of in our last couple minutes, um, Margaret said something very interesting to me when we were just talking in the break, and I never really thought about it. But she said it's, it's your responsibility when you get home to share your story of your pilgrimage, your story of conversion. A lot of people... A lot of people can't go, they can't afford it. So really you bringing that back to them is their way to participate. If you want to expand. Yeah, no, I just, I think it's important. And I, I think it's important to talk about the experience as you go. You know, like you said, you kept track on our Facebook page and stuff like that. It is very important to share that. And one of the beautiful things on some of the ones, pilgrimages I went, was sharing people's stories then, right? Those, just those beautiful gifts um in the different places that i've done pilgrimages is you know how how has this impacted me and then you hear their story and you're so touched and it's like you said melissa you know how do i spread god's love um and that's what it's about and we never know by saying or sharing those stories um the invitation to other people oh that's beautiful um yeah i know there are some people that i talk to that just I, don't, I still pray for them every day. Mm -hmm. There was one gentleman that I, I definitely talked to him for a good two, two and a half hours, ran into him a couple other times, and he was just so lost, absolutely lost. And it was, it was just this beautiful conversation, and I hope he still thinks about that too, like the way I'm praying for him. I, and I was, when we left, because he was not a Christian, he was actually an ex-Mormon. That's what he just said. My denomination is ex-Mormon, which is an interesting denomination to be. But when we parted ways the last time, um, it was just like, I know it doesn't mean much to you, but I'm going to keep praying for you. And every, he comes up in my mind all the time just to be like, you need to pray for him for sure. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to Real Presence Live today. We want to thank all of our guests today, um, Diane and Margaret, uh, Peter and Teresa Martin, Zach Rawson, um, Double Dutied and Helped Me Host too. We want to thank Tim Moser for calling in from Fargo. Um, it was, it was a pretty good show today, I think. Um, yeah, nice. Thanks for having me, Melissa. Twice. Oh, wow. Twice, I know. 40 Days for Life and our <laughs> Camino trip. Very exciting. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. Um, pray for us. We're praying for you. And, uh, yeah, tune in for the show tomorrow. It sounds like it's going to be a good one. Oh, sorry, Tuesday. It's going to be on Tuesday, they're telling me, from the studio, because in my head, tomorrow would be the next day. And it is not. So tune in on Tuesday for the next installment of Real Presence Live. Um, yeah. God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an Encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs>